Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. I love football. I love football. I'm here with Shane, I'm with Dave, and I'm with Robin, uh, three football lovers. I love football, and I love this football team. So many thrills in that match. My nerves are tingling. Um, you know, how are you feeling? I'm going to start with you, Shane. Cop on regular. Great to speak to you again. How are you after that magnificent comeback victory? Ooh, wee, what a doozy that match was. I, oh my gosh, this team is making me sick to my gut in the best way possible. It's all of the thrills and chills of the of one of the greatest movies you could ever watch, and it's a privilege that it's our team. Thank you for having me on, Owen. Oh, man, I mean, what a comeback at Anfield. That is just the sign of a team that really, I mean, it's, it's kind of a cliche at this point, but the mentality monsters were able to to get back into form with the win over Tottenham. It has always been close with them lately at Anfield. It is always very harrowing. Uh, my nerves were kind of put at ease, though, because uh, via the Blood Red podcast, I was able to hear a stat uh, learning that Tottenham have only won at Anfield for a total of three times since the sinking of the Titanic. So that kind of put my uh, the my nerves maybe too much at ease before the match started. But, uh, yeah, it absolutely uh, was completely completely i don't know it was just a thrill to watch it was indeed absolutely thrilling, and that's a great stat that is a wonderful stat um I, i'm going to go to robin next robin welcome to cop on podcast um there's something like you know something about this game that was um absolutely wonderful i mean so many parts of it were wonderful but it seemed to me after you know one minute of the match the clocks were going back uh, back to Madrid, but but the roles were reversed this time. So, you know, Liverpool were the ones who were 1-0 behind and Tottenham were trying to defend like, like lions or like, you know, elephants or bison or some kind of other powerful animal. But Liverpool, we found a way. We were more relentless than they were in the Champions League final and we were more tenacious than they were. And, you know, let's not forget the quality. Uh, that was a brilliant win, wasn't it, Robin? Hi, Owen. Um, yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me on. Um, wow, what a game. Um, the, there was a lot of nervousness leading up to the match and I think one of the biggest differences leading up to this game compared to Man United game was the Man United game we had almost two weeks to anticipate and look forward and analyse and look at the tactics and we were almost getting tired of it. This came around quickly after the last couple of matches so it didn't um, give us a lot of time to, to dwell upon it but when it did start and the way it started wow what a what an opening and it was the Liverpool of old sometimes used to scare me when we used to lose a goal you you lose your um you lose a little bit of heart in the game and you think we've well, got to rally yourself up again but this Liverpool team is different the mentality and the fight of this team is different one nil damn so what will will roll our sleeves up and we'll keep on going and that's exactly what we did what I really liked about today's game was how um, we found our rhythm quite early on. One of the biggest differences with the Man United game is it took us a long time, not until the substitutions did we start to find our our style and our, our tempo. But within this game, it was quite early on, we were very dominant and I really enjoyed how the team responded to being a goal down. There was a stat on the television today on 
Um, the first time that Liverpool conceded at Anfield, or oh, I think in the league, was five occasions. And of those five occasions, we went on to win four of those games and drew one. So that's a quite commanding stat. When we lose a goal, we, we still end up finding a way to win it. And luckily, and I'm happily glad that that stat still continues. It shows that even a goal down, we, we don't panic. We don't... Um, pump the ball up and lose our focus and we find a way. Um, I love this team. Yeah, that's a marvellous answer and, a, and, and an absolutely superb stat. I didn't realise that. Yeah, five games and, and we've come back. Yeah, four wins and a draw. Thanks for sharing that. There is something about this team, isn't there, Dave? How are you feeling with special guest today? Dave from Dave's LFC Chats. How are you feeling, uh, sir? Absolutely brilliant, Owen, and thanks for having me on the Cop On podcast. And hello to all you other guys. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It, it, it was one of those results, actually, that even when we were 1 0 down at half time, I wasn't worried one bit. I noticed that there of five, five times we were behind that we came back and won four and drew one, which is a true stat. I've seen that myself. But we were just brilliant. I mean, we dominated the game. Okay, they scored after 47 seconds. No one panicked. There was no panic at Liverpool. There isn't panic at Anfield anymore. Those days are gone. We have an unbelievable record there. We, we haven't been beaten since April 2017. I mean, it's just, it's mentality monsters. That's exactly what Klopp said, and that is exactly what we are doing now on the pitch. And I mean, for Henderson to score, the club captain to score in the second half in the 52nd minute was huge because he was actually getting a bit of the, you know, the crowd were giving him a bit of, uh, I wouldn't say booze, but they were certainly giving him, giving him a bit. And for him to get the equaliser, and Mane get that penalty, and of course, most of last slotted away. I mean, it, teams of old, Liverpool teams of old, would not have won that game today, to be honest. Even, even, even last year would have been tough, but certainly two, three years back, we would have lost that game today. I mean, Spurs are dangerous, but they're going through rough patches at the time. I mean, we're a really, really good record against Spurs at the moment, this moment in time. That's a, one of the lads said earlier, we've only beaten something like three times since the Titanic went down, which is true. And I mean, we really have a hoodoo over Spurs, and we've seen it last year in the Champions League final as well. Well, that was a big three points today. I really think today, today was a very, very big three, point, three points going forward. It did feel massive, didn't it? Absolutely huge. Where I mean, you know, Steve, staying with you, where do you think this leaves us, this result? I mean, if you were Man City, who have spent, by the way, I just looked it up again, six hundred and sixty-eight million um Euros net spend since twenty fifteen sixteen and you find yourself six points behind a team that just keeps winning by one single goal. I mean, how's Pep gonna be feeling? How are those players gonna be feeling? How big a result is this, Dave? Well let's hope he's he's not feeling very well. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. But um if Pep knows Liverpool are the team, you know, it's gonna be between Liverpool and City. That's the way it is. Whoever finishes above Liverpool wins the league. Whoever finishes above City wins the league. It's been like that for the last two seasons. It's not gonna change this season. I think we're even better prepared this season to win the league than we were last season. We we've got the likes of Ox and Abbey, Lalana, all primed and ready to go. We've seen what they did in the last few games, coming on, scoring goals. We're we're in an unbelievable position. Um I mean Klopp and also, we've got the experience of last year, getting 97 points. I still can't believe we got 97 points and didn't win the league. But um, it's, it's just, I, I think Pep will be worried. I really do. I mean, they have problems in their defence. Um, they'll score goals for fun against most teams. 
but um, they they will let in goals, which is uh, most city teams didn't let in let in goals. We 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 will let in goals and score goals as well. But it's just our home form is unbelievable, and we're getting we're grinding out results now, which is different. Like that Sheffield United one 0 away, I'd never really seen much of that from Liverpool, but that that was huge. And um, I I just think we're in a great place. We're top of the league by six points, six points clear. Pep's probably saying, what the hell? I mean, the game coming up, in the, I think it's the 10th of November at Anfield. I think we got we have to beat City in that game. If we beat City there, that's the statement. We didn't do it last year, and ultimately it cost us the league. We drew with them at Anfield, nil-nil. They missed the penalty late on. They could have won it with Mares, and of course they beat us 2-1, which was the turning point um, after, after um, I think it was, uh, was it February, January, and they beat us 2-1. And I think we got to just beat them this year at Anfield on the 10th of November and I think that will really really give Pep's Pep um, the frighteners It is a huge win Robin uh, going to you I mean you know in, in the context of the season we're now played 10 one nine, drawn 1 with 28 points out of 30 uh, it, it does feel humongous this victory doesn't it? Yeah absolutely right um it's the high standard that Man City have um, set the bar uh, of the last couple of seasons. There's no space for error. Um, even players like that we'd all like to see, like Hoover or uh, Naby Keita, come on and play a bit more. Um, you just don't have the opportunity to risk players coming on if they make a mistake and that win turns into a draw um, and we lose a couple of points. In, in this day and age, it seems like a draw is, is like a loss. So if Man, we're always wishing for Man City to, to lose points through a draw or a loss. So you can't let your guard down against this team. So having 28 points out of 30 is an amazing start, especially after the way that we finished last season. You could have, um, you could have uh, perhaps understood if the teams were a little bit disheartened, but they just... The mentality is so strong. They talk about it all the time on the interviews, how Klopp has changed the mentality. They just roll the sleeves up and off the win. Obviously, the Champions League result helped to galvanise some of that um, that motivation for the team. And they realise there's no place for slip-ups. The draws cost us a lot last season. And they realise that we can't afford to give any draws away this season. So we just have to keep on winning. So... I don't know how long this is going to last. I've never seen a team like this before, um, relentless as they are. The closest thing is the Man City team that did it a couple of times, but now we're matching them, and this season we're doing even better than them. So um, I just I just hope we wish it just continues. I also like um, us to do well in the cup games as well, not really because I'm, I I want to win the cup. So a trophy is a trophy, and I'd gladly take the, the Carabao and the FA Cup. But it gives opportunities for the other players that perhaps don't get as much game time to, to be ready. So in case there is an injury to Mo Salah or one of the midfielders, they're, they're, they're ready, they're fit, they're up to match pace, and they slot back in, just like our Ox and Naby did last week. Um, it was nice to know our squads swelled up and we've got those opportunities for other players. We haven't seen Shaq a lot this this season, so I'm not quite sure what's happening with him, but I'd like to see him ready to come to a match. He adds a, another way that we play that um, the current local players don't have. So I want to see all of them ready because this is still a long way to go, but we can't ask much more than how we started it, apart from... That Man United game is perfect. It's perfect. And the scary thing is, I don't think Lil Boy have even hit top gear yet. We've had moments of the season where we've been really good. 
but when we really turn it on and all our shots are turning into goals and the front three are firing god help us um god help the rest of the league because it's going to be something amazing to see if this is good wait till you see when we're actually really kicking i can't wait yeah fabulous answer yeah i mean um, you know what? What do you reckon, Shane? I mean, um, would you agree with that assessment? We haven't really hit top gear yet. There's still more to come from this Liverpool team. And uh, talking about the, you know today's game, the actual action of it as well. Uh, who stood out for you? Um, I would have to agree with uh, Robin to some extent. I do think that we saw really great flashes of what Top Gear is going to look like for us. I mean, in that first half, after they got the early goal, now granted, the early goal was kind of a... I'm not going to call it a freak accident, but it it was very... uh, serendipitous for Harry Kane to come on to the end of that with space in between uh, Van Dyke and the other defenders. Um, but after that, we really ratcheted up our attack. I mean, it was wave after wave that they had to withstand. I mean, just in the first half alone, we maintained 75% of the possession. We forced six saves out of Paulo Gazinga, if, if I'm uh, pronouncing his name right. And hats off to him. He had a really standout performance. Uh, we also really, uh, we forced a lot of crosses from them as well. A total of 19 clearances just in the first half alone and if we would have been just an inch more clinical in just a few more moments I thought we could have gotten two goals back quite easily um, but overall statistically I mean Paulo Gazinga if I'm uh, again if I'm saying that correct or not he ended up with 12 total saves which is not only a career high for him in his entire life in the Premier League but it's also a high for a number of single sa- single game saves by a keeper so I, I don't know I guess it's a year of the backup keeper right now for us between him and Adrian putting out really standout performances and that's great and we really we kind of made that opportunity for him we had five shots on target just in the first half alone and that really continued on into the second half it was a tiny bit at the end. After we got that second goal, we didn't close the game out. But before then, the entire second half was just a continuation. I mean, we were able to add on to a total of uh, 13 shots on target. We maintained 68% of the ball possession overall. We ended up having uh, 21 shots. It wasn't until the 80th minute when Tottenham really started to get possession and started to get a grip on the game that they even got a corner kick. I believe it wasn't until 78 or 79 minutes they had zero corner kicks. I felt like... Uh, Uh, Andrew Robinson and then Trent were able to really kind of short the defense in the back except for those two or three breakaway chances that were really captained uh, captained by Sun. I mean, Sun was just so electric and so explosive today. It was uh, it was very, very shocking trying to deal with him as he pushed forward on that left side. I'm looking here, according to uh, SofaScore, they really funneled their attack for 60% down that left wing overall. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a statement of how we can grind out a result, and these numbers prove that we are kind of hitting top gear year uh and hats off to jordan henderson for finally getting his first premier league goal so yeah that's kind of my assessment of the match just shooting from the hip right off the start well yeah thank you very much for sharing that and all those excellent stats um yeah really interesting stuff son down the left was uh was uh yeah as you say electric he was brilliant he hit the bar that was a massive turning point uh, wasn't it, Dave? I mean, that moment when he hit the bar, um, you know, I mean, we, we, we were knocking on the door, knocking on the door. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, Son. But I thought Trent dealt with him superbly today. What did you make of Son and, and Trent's performance against him? 
Yeah, um, Son, he's a, Son is the type of player now, to be honest, I would love at Liverpool. He would suit us down to the ground. He's a proper, proper player. But um, Trent did very well. I mean, Trent gets criticised for his defending at times because especially him and Robbo, I mean, they're really wingers, to be honest. They're defensive wingers, you might as well call them. But uh, Trent did a very good game today. Some of his balls into the box. Oh, my God. Thierry on real balls into the box. And we're only inches away from probably getting an assist. But uh, he particularly did well with Son. Son is electric. He's got pace, power. He has everything, bits, tricks. Um, I would love him at Liverpool. I, I, I have to agree. I really would. Um, whether we get him or not is another thing. But um, Trent was brilliant today. But even the stats earlier, um, Liverpool, 21 attempts to Tottenham's 11. 13 on target in Liverpool. Eight corners to Tottenham's three. I mean, I was worried at the start of the season. The pre-season we had was poor. We didn't have a good uh, pre-season. But wow, nine wins, one draw, first 10 games. We are in dreamland, but you don't win leagues in October, guys. You don't win leagues, but you can lose them. You can have a really bad start and not be in the running. And um, we are certainly in the running, uh, six points clear of City. But uh, back to your point, Trent was brilliant today. Um, I thought everybody was brilliant today, but Trent in particular dealt with Son absolutely brilliant. His defensive side of the game needed to be good and was top-notch. Um, Son was unlucky, though. I mean, there, there you go, looking at the game. With all the possession, all the domination, all the chances... And Son breaks, hits the crossbar. That goes in. It's a different game. But it didn't. And um, I'm just happy to get the three points. As I always say on my channel, points mean prizes. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do indeed. Uh, Shane, you want to say something? No, no, no. Yeah, uh, something that just struck to me. I completely agree with Dave there. And it's wonderful to have you on Cop On. I, 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 uh, I love your enthusiasm. But I want to know what everyone thought of Klopp's selection. I mean, it. I was laughing whenever the notifications came in on my phone. I mean, the fan base, the media, all of us have been screaming for like a change up in the midfield, and we thought the performance against Gank midweek was a sign that, oh my goodness, we're about to go up against Tottenham. Alex Oxley Chamberlain, he has to be, he has to be a given, but he didn't even make the pitch for the entire match. And so whenever I saw the lineup come in with the only one being changed being Degsy with Dayon Lavin put in. I, I was almost laughing. It felt like Klopp was kind of, part, pardon the expression, I felt like he was just taking a piss. <laughs> taking a piss on our expectations for any sort of change because this is kind of the tried and true formation that he trusts and depends on for these big games. So I wanted to see if anyone was shocked by that because, I don't know, I would have, I almost would have wanted to put money on a, some sort of change in the midfield. That's a really interesting question. What do you reckon, Robin? How did you feel about the lineup? I, I thought definitely one from Keita or Ox would have played. I don't think both would have played. I think they've got a pretty strong midfield with Sissoko. Um, is a bit of a powerhouse. And I didn't think if Nambola would have started. Um, but I thought one of Ox or, Ke um, Ox or Keita would have started. But to be honest, we've seen the midfield of Genie, Fabinho and Henderson so often that it gives you the assurance that it's a safe midfield. We know what we're going to get from them. And it's a hard workmanlike midfield. And it allows the front three to do what they do. And just be devastating. But I, I would have liked to have seen one of those two come. I'm not quite sure what the mentality Klopp is. I don't try and second guess him anymore. He's he's proven to me time and time after again that he knows what he's doing much more than what I do. So... Um, in Klopp we trust I say and if he thinks that Keita and uh, Oxlade isn't ready for this match or isn't the right person for this match then the 
result today suggests that he was right. So maybe he's saving those two for a different game and we'll see what happens. We've got, um, I think we've got Arsenal next in the the League Cup. So I think that'd be a good opportunity to see them come out and let them stake a claim for the first team again. But this team did well, especially um, Fabinho. I thought he was fantastic in midfield today. I was in awe of some of his tackling and his passing. I was watching it with a, a cousin of mine and he's not a Liverpool fan. And he was so impressed by how well our defensive midfielder sets off play and creates attacks. So even though we don't have uh, players to run between the lines, we still got a T a midfield that can create chances. So I was I was happy with this midfield. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Fabinho, just looking at he was my man of the match. I Man, I, I give him ten out of ten. Um, you know, it was absolutely superb performance. You know, in my opinion, he he had four tackles, which was the most in the team. Three interceptions, that was the most in the team. Um, in terms of his passing, I mean, he played some lovely, delightful chips. On several occasions, he could have finished the the match with a couple of assists. I mean, he had two key passes, um, you know, 91 passes in total. So he had a lot of the ball and 85.7% uh, passing accuracy, despite the fact he was doing cross field balls. His positioning was superb. And as you say, Robin, he controlled the game. But of course, a big thing in the lineup, to go back to Shane's question, was Degsy the big dog Le uh, Lovren? Uh, Mr. Lover, Lover. Dave, um, are you a fan? And what do you think of his performance today? Lovren. <laughs> Give me all your Lovren, all your clubs, hugs and kisses too. ZZ, top of the league. That's all I can say to Lovren. <laughs> Lovren, Lovren was actually brilliant today. Um, I was over in Liverpool at the Leicester City game where we also beat Leicester 2-1 with the late, late Millie Vanilli penalty. But um, Lovren had a great game that day. Lovren was good today. Now, okay, he was cut out once or twice by Kane. But Kane's a world-class striker, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. Listen, for me, Lovren is probably fourth choice. Um, had uh, Matip and VVD are, are the front two for me. Always going to be the front two. Matip was out. Billy Joel Matip, as I call him, with VVD, the joint. And also Gomez there. Gomez will probably come in. But I think Lovren's probably fourth choice. It's a Croatian international. He was in a World Cup final. You know, there's no problem throwing Lovren in there. He's prone to a little mistake every now and again. But um, I thought he played okay today. Did okay. Didn't do anything spectacular. I think when he starts to do stuff spectacular or starts trying to play more than he should is when mistakes creep in. And that's what I don't like him doing. I just like him to concentrate on the ball. Concentrate on just clearing the ball. Getting it out. When in doubt, getting it out. And um, I thought he was fairly solid. And most people would be solid with DVD, the joint, the Dutch joint, and um, beside you, of course. Uh, how could you not be solid with that man standing beside you? But it's, but it's Matip and DVD going forward for me. But um, yeah, Lovren, I, I, I'd, I'd give Lovren probably eight out of ten today. I thought he was that good. Eight out of ten. That's uh, absolutely. I think that's very fair. I thought Lovren was very good in possession. Some lovely passes out of defence. Um, you know, the crowd was getting on his back in the second half. You know, a little bit. Um, you know, and in the first half, you could hear like a sort of <gasps> collective. You know, groan. I do wish. You know. Um, somebody said on our cop on WhatsApp group uh, earlier, you know, uh, I think it was Brian Hayes. He said, uh, he said, um, Lovren, um, 
has used all the credit in the bank, which is why everyone's worried about him. I would say that he's gone into his overdraft, and uh, you know, people, are, you know, the bank are writing him, writing him letters every day. Uh, but I think, you know, had we signed him at the beginning of the season, Shane, we would actually be saying, if you just take his, you know, the two matches he's played this season, Leicester, this one, for example, um, you know, you'd be thinking, wow, okay, he's got a couple of things to improve on. But you know, we've got it. We've actually got a really good defender here yes i would completely agree with that he does get a fair amount of shtick uh for lack of a better term in the team uh just because we we don't really have anywhere else to we don't have anyone else to complain about i mean it's just he's kind of in an unfortunate situation with uh public opinion at the moment yes he has had some moments uh where he he has been partially responsible for goals uh but also he has been very responsible for big moments i mean that moment against brucio dortmund in the europa league i will never forget that header of that 4-3 set up by james milner um but yeah i mean today he had one total tackle two interceptions five clearances um you could kind of hardly blame the misdirected header that led to the goal uh you could hardly blame that on him at all probably you know probably not and so yeah i think it's just kind of a case of we don't really know where else to put the blame but uh something that is to the testament is the way that our defense worked uh as a complete unit today for example i was really impressed with how we worked the offside trap we were able to uh, cause at least four offside traps against them and um and then just furthermore uh something else i wanted to mention i mean what a big difference does like a really fair and competent referee make between last Sunday and this Sunday? I mean, there was 11 total fouls for, uh, against Tottenham and nine total fouls against Liverpool, which actually seemed pretty spot on and kind of for what the flow of the game was. I was just impressed with how the uh, referee was able to keep uh, the emotion and the uh, the spirit of the game while also making sure it stayed within the boundaries of fairness or the perception of it. Um, so yeah, and then also hats off to Mane for drawing the penalty. I don't think he's received any praise for that uh, yet or not much that I've heard of, but he just does a wonderful job winning us penalties and they're they're always just so crucial for uh, for these points that we're picking up. <clears throat> yeah, a couple of very good points there. The referee, I mean, Anthony Taylor, um, his name is, in case anyone didn't know, um, there's a sort of rumour that he supports Manchester United or something like that that's going around. I don't think that's the case as much as Martin Atkinson, who's probably got a tattoo on his buttock of Manchester United logo or Fergie or something. But, um, you know, it, I thought he was very, very good today as well. I thought he was fair. Um, and he was consistent with his decisions. Maybe we were a little bit lucky uh, in that he, he booked Lovren for a, a high hand on Harry Kane because Harry Kane fell over as if, you know, the world had ended, as if his massive chin had a, a new sort of groove in it from Lovren's little finger pushing on his huge chin. I don't know, he was making a big deal of it, wasn't he? Um, and that's what uh, that's what got Lovren uh, booked. But uh, you know, we're a little bit lucky, maybe, because Trent did a very similar thing um, a bit later in the match. But no, he was really good. Um, the referee in general, Sadio Mane. 
Um, we talk about him every week, and I want to keep talking about him every week because he was tenacious. He was everywhere. Um, any ball that was sort of anywhere near him that had sort of element of 50-50, he won it. You know, he was causing all manner, all manner of problems to the Spurs defence. And it was, you know, yet another supreme performance from this guy. Robin, talk, talk to us about Sadio. Um, well, I, I come on to Sadio. I just want to say something about Lovren. I think Lovren had a decent game. Um, I thought it was pretty good. He was aggressive, aggressive. The only one thing I didn't like is not to say he had a bad performance is you know when there was a long punt by the keeper and um, Son uh, pushed in and then took a shot and hit the bar in the second half? I thought Lovren should have handled, handled that better. He let the ball bounce and that's one of the things that you're taught at schoolboy football as a defender not to let the ball bounce. And I thought that was why I think he had a chance to clear that. But I'm not going to take that away from him. I thought he was very good. I thought he uh, he attacked the ball very well and he showed good passion in the game. And you're right, when, when he touched, he tickled Harry Kane and he fell over. And Spurs fans wonder why Harry Kane gets that reputation of being a bit of a diver. That was silly. A grown man like that with 50 cameras on him trying to fall down when somebody's just... Grace, he's, um, his chin is, is silly, but um, I thought that was a harsh yellow card. But nonetheless, um, uh, Mane, what can I say about Mane? His interview after the game was really funny because I think the interviewer on Sky Sports asked him about the penalty. And he had this smirk on his face. He was smiling loads. And he, he believes it's a definite penalty, as, as most people would. But I think he was quite... He let on something which is a bit unusual. He said something about Aurier. He noticed Aurier was about to kick and clear the ball. And when he was about to do that, he nipped in in front of the ball. So he knew as the, the when Aurier was raising his leg to clear the ball, he would catch Mane. So I think that's pretty clever and gives you a little bit of um, what Mane was trying to attempt to do. But that kick was spot on. It hit uh, Mane's leg and knocked him out clearly. There's no arguments about it being a penalty, but I think Sadio Mane knew exactly what he was doing. And somebody off camera was trying to accuse Mane of diving for that. And Mane actually retaliated back and smiling to say, no, it's definite penalty. So, but penalty or not penalty, Sadio Mane has been amazing. He's hold up play, his link up play, his balance on the ball. It's so difficult to get the ball. He reminds me of, I don't want to say Messi, but Messi's got the best balance of a player I've ever seen. But mine is our equivalent. It's really hard to get the ball off from him, similar to what um, Salah was like a couple of years ago. But he made a couple of key passes. He had 52 touches of the ball. And he had a couple of shots, but they were off target. I don't think he had a, a proper chance um, today, but he's relentless work up and down and helping out Andy Robertson was amazing. You know when Mane gets the ball, something good's going to happen. Um, I thought he was a little bit let down by the referee with fouls in the second half. I think there's two fouls, which I think should have had, and he didn't get them. So I thought that was a bit poor. But apart from that, I thought Anthony Taylor, the referee, had a decent game and he conducted it really well. I think when Son was trying to time waste or interfere with a quick free kick, I thought he handled that well by speaking to the Spurs captain and telling him uh, <clears throat> to sort his man out. And I think they soon got a yellow card for the exact same reason. But was that to Danny Rose a bit later on for the same thing? But Mane has probably been our most informed player of this season, I would say. Uh, and 
I, I just love watching him. He's such a great player. Yeah, there's so much, so much to enjoy about watching our front three. They're all in their prime. I believe they're 27, 27 and 28 years old. They're all in their prime. They're all in tandem. They know where they're going. Um, the the cohesion of, of our team is, is, is really something special to behold, isn't it? Um, it's so good to watch. Um, Jurgen Klopp, the manager, and we—I don't think we talk enough about the manager uh, on this uh, on this podcast. We haven't spoken about him enough. I mean, we've only spent, you know, we only spend a little amount of time eulogising about him every week. We need more. We need more of that. Dave Jurgen Klopp today, his tactics, uh, his substitutions, things like that. What did you What did you make of Jurgen Klopp's performance, Dave? Jurgen. Klopp, Jürgen Norbert Klopp, what a manager, guys. Oh, my God, we're being spoiled rotten at the moment um, ever since he came, which is just, just over four years now he came in the door. FSG deserve a huge thumbs up. They have done an unbelievable job. We don't talk about the FSG either, um, but Klopp, oh, my God, what a manager. Um, what can I say about Jürgen Klopp? I can't give out about him, of course. I can't give out about his tactics. A lot of people would give out about him that he doesn't make substitutions to he leaves them too late. You know, he makes substitutions like an 80th minute or 90th minute and stuff like that. But game management is unbelievable. Once we're winning games, you have to say his game management is spot on. A a bit earlier, as we were talking about his midfield, I knew he would have played that. The fabulous Brazilian Fabinho is probably his number one player he picks every day. Um, Genie out of bottle, Genie in the midfield, rubbing his lamp give us a win and of course Bigfoot and Henderson's Hendo club captain that's his favourite tree he always picks that tree for big games always picks that tree and he will pick them going forward um, and I can't say I can't say Klopp is wrong because he won the game 2-1 today um, the likes of Oxy Naby and all them will get their game probably midweek against Arsenal the Mickey Mouse Disney Cup um, Carabao Cup but um, Klopp's tactics brilliant the mentality he's put into the team mentality that Klopp has actually put into Melwood, never mind the team, the whole group, Pep Linders as well there, the whole team, the background, the guys you don't see every day, the, the, the transfer committee, everybody from the security man right up to the tea lady, all the way up to Klopp. He instills all this confidence, this never-die attitude in Liverpool, which he's instilled in the last four years. It's been unbelievable. We've been in three European Cup finals in a row. Europa League, Champions League, Champions League. We've won the Champions League this se- last season. We're European champions. We've had an unbelievable start to the season. Record points total last season. What can you say about Klopp other than he is an absolute genius, a genius. And he always has a smile. He brings a smile onto the pitch, smile into Melwood, smile around Anfield, love his laugh. <laughs> That laugh is just unbelievable. We are so lucky, Reds. We are so, so lucky to have a manager like Jürgen Norbert Klopp. Just breathe it in, taste it, smell it. No matter what happens this way going forward, I think he's another two and a half years on his contract. He's a man of his word. Just be happy that we have got Jürgen as a manager, guys. No, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it's uh, we've got another two and a half years just to enjoy. I mean, it's it's just 
super super stuff uh, and something that that uh, we touched on before is that is how unpredictable he is i mean if you think back i mean think back to when when robertson signed right signed him from hull city eight million um you know competition for alberto moreno and then he starts the season with moreno who you know had a bit of a torrid time for a couple of years. I mean, he so he didn't show all that much improvement. Although, like everybody, he improved a bit under Klopp. But you know, the whole you, it's like our our hive mind as Liverpool fans. You know, we say a lot of things. You know, we think a lot of things, such as, you know, let's try Robertson out. Or after Fabinho signed, he didn't play him for a few months, and people are saying, well, what, why didn't why doesn't he play Fabinho? Fabinho and and you know against Leicester bringing bringing Lovren in ahead of uh, Gomez for example as as a backup people are like what had sticking with Lovren today is another so what you know he, after Oxley Chamberlain's performance and and uh, Naby Keita's performance in midfield everybody was saying well, at least one of them's got to start but no exactly he's full of surprises because he's he's his own man he's got his own vision and it's 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 a crystal clear vision uh, and i wish i wish i had it uh, but i don't but i'm really really happy just to sit <laughs> to sit and watch um you know this this marvelous team it just sort of surprises surprises me never stops surprising me and uh, i thought his tactics were very interesting today um you know in terms of uh how he set us up how we exploited certain spaces uh which there weren't many at all for spurs after their early goal um and i just thought that you know by keeping people, you know, out wide, Henderson went really f- quite far out wide when we had the ball, um, and uh, you know things like that. I thought he's—I don't know—I could—I could talk for ages about his tactics, but um, you know his substitutions, bringing M- Milner on, Gomez for Salah—that that made sense. And God, I hope Salah's okay. But yeah, Jurgen Klopp, watching him, uh, Shane. Uh, you know, we just watch him go. I mean, the love we have for him has no bounds. Surely, Shane. Absolutely, absolutely. I ha- there's a uh, dog I'm gonna get in the future. I know later on in my life, and he the name has already been picked out as Jurgen. Like I, Jurgen is going to be <laughs> an image. Uh, a member of my family, an idea for the rest of my life. I mean, if you just look at him alone, there's something more distant than just the Liverpool manager if you just look at him as a leader and a role model there's just something so special about him right now there's just this special I don't know it's just galvanized I mean he could be even if he was the leader of a corporation or just something else I mean thank god he's the leader of Liverpool but I I don't know I just feel like there's he's just in this special moment in his life where he is uh, this paragon image, this role model, and I know he's only human, and we shouldn't put too many people up on pedestals because everyone can fall short of perfection in some way. But uh, I think Jurgen Klopp is a little bit closer to perfection than myself. Oh, don't put yourself down, Chain. I don't know. You've never, you've never tried to to control the Liverpool dressing room. Maybe you'd, maybe you would have got ten wins out of ten. You know, he drew one match. He's a, he's an amateur. He's an amateur. Um, but <laughs> let's uh, zoom out then. You know, look at the season as a as a whole. Nine wins, one draw out of ten, and Arsenal up next. Uh, in the Carabao Cup, the Mickey Mouse Cup, the Disney Cup, as Dave said before, Robin. 
Um, how much do you care, first of all, about this? You said you want to win the cup, um, but would you go out, you know, if, if, if you know, would, were to guarantee uh, a semi-final appearance in the Champions League or something? I don't know. Do you really care about it? And also, what sort of starting lineup should we go for? Should we change them all? I think we should go for it. Um, I, I'm not really that fussed about winning it. I think if we get to a semi-final stage, I think we can start thinking about putting out a team to win the trophy. But in the earlier stages, I think it's just about getting the rest of the squad primed and ready for the Champions League and the Premier League. Um, there are a lot of players who have not played a lot of minutes in our squad. And we know this Premier League campaign uh, is a very concentrated and long marathon of games and, and we can't do it with just 13, 14 players. It's just impossible. Um, so we need these players to come on, just like Lalana did last week and Ox and um, uh, Keita. We need these players to be ready. And I think the opportunity to have these cup runs is um, having these players have minutes. And it's not just the first team squad. Um, it's also the youngsters as well. I think in the last game, Curtis... Uh, Curtis Jones had a fantastic game. Harvey Elliott was a, a very bright and promising for us. We want to see a bit more of Rian Brewster uh, and the defenders as well, Kijana, uh, Hoover, and also the the the, the Dutch, the new Dutch uh, centre back as well. So uh, I, th I want to see them have minutes and see what they are like because you, they can't get opportunities in the Premier League, and it's a way of blooding these players in. That's the reason I want us to do well in the trophy uh, in these cup tournaments to see the rest of the squad develop. Um, long gone are those days where you could have these youngsters bled into the first team and see how they get along, just like how Carragher and Steven Gerrard and McManaman and Owen and Fallon, how all these players came in. Because the bar and is set so high, you can't afford to risk that. So these cup, of, uh, cup games give us that opportunity. I want them to do well in that. And I remember last year, around about the quarterfinal time, uh, about March, April, there was a lot of talk on um, the Liverpool fan world about whether Liverpool should sacrifice the Champions League so they can concentrate their efforts on the Premier League and battling out on two fronts may be a bit too difficult. And Liverpool didn't, and they kept up the Champions League, and we all know what's happened. And if it hadn't been for that, then it would have been a bit of a disappointing season last year after playing so well for majority of the league campaign um, so I think it's important to go for all fronts because you just don't know what opportunities that will bring and I think the success of the Champions League has made us stronger in the Premier League this season so bouncing off one tournament can help us with the momentum of another and plus I just don't like seeing Liverpool lose no matter what trophy it is I, I hate seeing Liverpool lose in a computer animated FIFA game against a computer animated Man United game I just don't want Liverpool to lose anything so um, I want them to do really well but um, only if we don't sacrifice our a big stars in terms of um, their uh, injuries um, and and I want them to do well with Klopp I think well, you mentioned about Klopp before I, th I don't think there's anything that Klopp does wrong everything he does is so perfect I think all of us can pick on things that Brendan Rodgers Rafa Roy Hodgson there's millions of things that we think that they could have done better with Klopp nothing the only thing I think he might have done better is how he rotated um, Karius and Minile last uh, the season before last um, but apart from that it's perfect uh, I also remember reading something about 
um, him instructing the ball boys to throw the ball on quicker against Barcelona in in the Champions League semi-final second leg. That quality of detail is just amazing. Uh, I've got Man United friends that would love to take him. There was an interesting phone-in um, when Manchester City lost to Norwich a couple of weeks ago. And man, there's a Man City fan rang in who was angry at Pep Guardiola saying that he's he's not fulfilled his uh, task of winning the Champions League for Man City and he should be fired and they should get Klopp in. Even Man City fans want Klopp in. I thought he was crazy. I think most of the Man City fans thought it was crazy. But just the idea the rest of the league want Jurgen Klopp. And we're just grateful that we, we've got him and may he long continue. I know he talks about sabbatical and I'm dreading that day when that comes because the way Klopp is going now, I want him to be reigning at Liverpool for as long as Fergie did. Um, he's done amazing for us. But for the Arsenal game, um, I want to see the youngsters come out. Perhaps not a complete wholesale change. Um, I think if you change the team too much, you lose the identity a little bit. And it's unfair for the new guys that come in, what are the players that step in, because they want to do well, but they're not playing alongside your A-list superstars, your Sadio Mane's and Fabinho's and Van Dyke's. So it's it's a tough, it's a tougher ask for them to come in to play at the consistency of the first team without the first team players so i think i like a 50 percent change but four or five players to come in um to add to the current first team i think that's a nice mixture and give give some of the boys that run that a lot a rest especially the front three give one or two of them a rest and get some new kids come in and see what they're all like. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Very interesting answer. Um, a quick reminder um, that last time we made 11 changes, we had uh, Cuevan Kelleher in goal. Uh, Milner, Lovren, Gomez and Hoover at the back. And um, a reminder that Hoover is actually, I think he's away with the Under-17 World Cup uh, with uh, the Netherlands. And young Nico Williams has been promoted to training with the team. Uh, so he, he's got a chance of, of playing uh, or at least making the bench on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, again, sorry, if for our 2-0 win against MK Dons, we had Milner, Lovren, Gomez and Hoover at the back. Midfield three, we had Lalana in the six with Naby Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain ahead of him in the eights. And then up front, Curtis Jones, Brewster and Elliot, who Robin mentioned before, are really exciting um, players. Would you expect something similar, Dave? Um, you know, Robin was saying, you know, Arsenal are a better quality of, of uh, you know, team. Maybe we should just make four or five changes this time. How are you feeling about it, Dave? Okay, well, unfortunately, I think the League Cup, the Mickey Mouse Cup, Disney Cup, whatever you want to call it, has lost its luster. I think the final's being held in Euro Disney this year. But um, I think, to be honest with you, I, I, I want a complete mix, uh, uh, similar to the MK Dons game. I mean, whenever our lad's going to be happy, our fringe player's going to get a game, realistically. I mean, the, the likes of young um, Elliot, uh, ET, exciting teenager, he has a chance. He looks really good. Um, you have Brewster's millions up front. We need him to get a few, few game time. Even the likes of Ox, Naby, Lalana. Then you've got Seth Vandenberg, young Dutch defender, and Hoover. I think Hoover is away. Dyson, I call him, nicknamed Dyson. Uh, Hoovering up the defence. But they're never going to get a game any, anywhere else. They're just not going to get a game. So game time for these guys, as uh, Robin said earlier, is, is vital. Because they're not going to get starts. They're just not going to get starts unless we have a really bad injury problem. 
So I'm looking at a complete mix of youth and experience on Wednesday night. Um, Arsenal, I'm sure, will do the same. It's at Anfield, so I don't want to lose. But to be honest, I will not have a tear in the eye if we lose. The League Cup has lost all its luster. The FA Cup, you could say, has too. Ever since money came into the game, Sky Sports in the early 90s, Champions League. And Liverpool are at a level now. We're at the top tier. We're eating at the top tier, at the top of the table. We're, we're Champions League. We're, we're a Premier League team now, top Premier League team. The League Cup secondary. Even the FA Cup is secondary. But um, as, as Robin said earlier, which was a good point, it would be nice for Liverpool to go fairly far in this competition because of the fact that we can give the young lads a game. Remember, we've got the World Club Cup coming up in December as well. That's another two games at least coming up. So the games are going to become thick and fast. It's going to get tight at the top. So we've got to be careful and use our players wisely. The likes of Fabinho needs a rest. He's played every game. He needs a rest. I'd rest the likes of, I'd rest the front three, Mane, Salah, Mo. I'd rest those three. I'd rest nearly everybody. I'd give Lalana, Nabi. I'd give Ox a game. As I said, the young lads, Elias, he deserves another game. He was brilliant against MK Dons. Brewster's million should start. Uh, start Gomez as well. Milner, get him a game. I'd rest as much as is possible with leaving a bit of experience in there because, as I say, it's at Anfield. People are going into pay. They're paying good money. They want to see Liverpool win, so you have to give them a chance. I'm sure Arsenal will mix it up as well. They'll do a little bit of a, a mix of youth and experience as well. But um, the longer we go in the tournament, the further we progress, then you look at maybe quarter semis, then saying to yourself, OK, maybe we have a chance of winning this. And then you go full throttle with a decent team. Well, you remember last season we lost 2-1. We had a decent team out that day against Chelsea. Uh, Hazard scored a late, a late wonder goal. But I didn't cry too much about that. I mean, you know, you could pick up injuries in these games as well. And uh, VVD as well, I'd rest. But um, I, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, as I said earlier, I think the finals in Euro Disney in Paris. But um, that's tongue-in-cheek, of course. But um, it's lost its luster for me in the League Cup, FA Cup as well. And um, I don't like downplaying competitions. Because as, as I want, I want Liverpool to win everything myself. Obviously, even if it's a game of tiddlywinks, I would like Liverpool to win. But you've got you've to have game. Man, you've got to have got player management. You've got to got. You've got to keep your games. You've got to prioritize. Unfortunately, because there's so many games, there's internationals as well. So, um, we'll we'll mix it up Wednesday night, I'm sure. But I think we'll still beat Arsenal. To be honest, Arsenal are all over the place. They only flew two two today against Palace. Um, so I think a good mix of youth, a good mix of um, you know, proper uh, professionals, uh, senior professionals, and I, I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be confident we beat Arsenal. That's very interesting. Yeah, so that that that, that front six you you say would be should be unchanged, um, and uh, yeah, it's a very 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 reasonable answer. So you know, Shane, we're going to get to see Naby Keita again. Uh, we're going to get to see him play football. Uh, Jonathan Wilson wrote a really interesting piece in the Guardian article about uh, Daniel Daniele De Rossi, the Roma legend, um, and how he's doing at Boca Juniors and. Um, Apparently, he's part of a WhatsApp group whose sole topic of conversation is midfielders. And they use Juan Roman Riquelme, the Boca Juniors legend, as the group's avatar. But I want Daniele De Rossi to, from his own free will and volition, change that avatar to Naby Keita. Because I think, I still believe so much that Naby Keita is going to turn into the ultimate midfielder. And I don't know if I'm getting too carried away. But looking at some of his stats against Genk, 
the other day. He had the most passes completed. That was either 108 or 110 or even 112, depending on which stat site you looked at. He had a 93 or 94% pass completion. The most final third passes, 29 passes in the final third. The most dribbles, three out of four successful. The most tackles, four out of four successful. And the most ball recoveries with an incredible 12 in one match. Nabby, how much do you believe in him, Shane? Is he going to be the greatest midfielder? I definitely believe in Nabby Keita. I mean, yeah, the stats that you put up were absolutely spot on. And then also uh, something that was of note in the Manchester United game whenever he came on for the last little bit there, he ended up putting in as many uh, touches and completed passes, I believe, as uh, the uh, any of the midfielders for the entire game. Um, I, I need to pull those up exactly, so uh, d- don't crucify me if I'm wrong by one or two of those. But yes, Navigator has proven to be this um, this intangible midfielder that really knows how to change things up for us. And as he presses in from the left side, I, I've been very happy with his form. Everyone has been. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see him. I think our lineup is going to, uh, as the other lads have uh, mentioned, I think Nabi Keita is definitely going to be in midfield. I definitely think Lalana will be in a holding midfield position. I think Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain will be on the right side. I think our lineup is going to be very similar to the MK Dons lineup, with the exception of uh, uh, Kiana Hoover. And I don't think uh, Kelleher is going to be in goal. I would love, personally, I would love to see Adrian in goal. I think he really deserves uh, to get back out there on the field. And uh, the after the eight games uh, that he had with us in the Premier League, and then, uh, of course, the Euro, the Euro Super Cup, and the uh, and the other Champions League games, I think he's really proven that he should be uh, he should be getting some more game time whenever he can, and this is a great opportunity for him to slot back in and for us to feel really re- reassured there in the back. Uh, so yeah, excellent answer and good call on Adrian. Uh, you know, it's funny how um, you know his his first couple of games for Liverpool. You know, first couple of goals we conceded, we were all looking at them going. Oh, I want you know. Would Allison have saved that? Allison would have probably saved that, would he? And wouldn't he? And now Allison is back, and if he concedes a goal, we're like, oh, maybe Adrian would have saved that. It's a you know, not that not that Ad- Adrian's clearly number two, but I just say you know, what a brilliant number two he's been. Absolutely perfect, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so but that's you know, that's enough about the Carabao Cup for now. Let's uh, you know look. Look more at the uh, back to the Premier League. Um, you know, if we go around the the Premier League, Leicester had the incredible nine nil away from home against poor Southampton. Who you know the poor fans. I mean, imagine losing nine nil. Um, and then Chelsea seven wins in a row now. Uh, under Frank Lampard, who I predicted for the sack, I now take that back. That's another one I've got completely wrong. Um, and uh, but they're looking, they're looking like a, you know they're they're building a cohesive young attacking side, maybe fourth in my opinion or third in the Premier League as a, as the season goes on. Um, Manchester City are still for me the second best team in the league after us, um, and the Ev. Just the Ev, just think about them for a moment. Let's just take uh, five seconds to just think about Everton. 
that's beautiful, isn't it? Um, uh, around the Premier League, what's been catching your eye, Robin? Uh, you know, is it a two-horse race between us and Man City? You know, what do you think about Leicester or Chelsea or the or Everton or you know just any anything around the Premier League? What's what's been catching your eye? Chelsea have been pretty impressive. I was um, surprised by them. I didn't think they'll be as good as they are now, and especially with the transfer ban that they've had. So they've given these youngsters a chance, and they've developed into good assets for them. I was really impressed by Pulisic. I know Liverpool were after him for, well, Liverpool fans were after him for a number of seasons. And with the way he started this season, we thought I thought we dodged a bullet with him, but he really came to the forefront yes, um, yesterday. So I think they'll do well. I, I think they'll push the top four. Um, they gave us a hard game and we came up with 3-2. I just hope that same Chelsea team um, that's playing as well as they are now put up a good show against your Manchester Cities and Tottenham's and Arsenal's and Man United. So um, I hope they don't crumble. But I think Chelsea will probably be third in the in, in the table as this, um, when it finishes. Uh, Everton. <laughs> It'd be a shame if they got relegated. Um, they're like they're like a little a little annoying brother of a team in Merseyside that uh, they know you know they're not very good at stuff but um, you still care about them somewhat. Maybe there's loads of fans that will disagree with me, but but um, I don't want to see them relegated. I think just scraping relegation on the last day of the season um, will be okay and let them stay down. They'll be good six points for us every year. But it's, it's, it's funny how they've been crying out for years that they can't spend money because they don't have the finances. And now they do, and they spent loads of money. Um, the, the, more, the more rubbish than ever now. Um, so let them spend more. Perhaps they can buy some of our off cars. Well, not that we have any more left. Um, uh, Leicester's uh, game against Southampton was very impressive. I was very impressed by the game. Uh, yes, there was a red card, but they were already winning by the time Ryan Bertrand was sent off. But that team is gelling quite nicely. They look like the Leicester that won the league. And Brendan Rodgers has got Vardy playing really well. And, and there's some great players in that team as well. I was really impressed with Perez and Madison's growing stronger and stronger as as the season goes on. So I reckon the Premiership will be the top two, will be Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea third. And I think the rest of the team will fight it out for fourth place, Leicester, Tottenham, Arsenal. I don't really see Man United coming back into this. Um, it's a shame that they won today. That annoyed me. I, it's funny, I think in the group chat, there were, um, there were comparisons how... Uh, Unai Emery and Pochettino are trying to aim for top four and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is just trying to survive relegations by saying it's a must-win game against a six-pointer game against Norwich. That was funny. Um, but it's inevitable Man United will do better than what they are doing now. But to get into the top six, I highly doubt it. It makes the Premiership really interesting, but I'm only um, really concerned about the top two plays. City, City's game yesterday seemed like they were cruising. Everything was under control. It reminded me a lot of the end of last season, where um, uh, they were... Uh, they were... Um, winning games for fun everything was smooth and easy they didn't seem to be out of uh, place the everything was running their way whereas liverpool game everything seemed quite tense so it seemed that city team yesterday was in cruise control but they'll have tougher tests and um with us coming 
to play them next couple of weeks that should be good good timing and um they've got the fernandina set up sent off yesterday right so it makes it interesting to see who their back line will be next game i think otamendi will return back to play alongside johnstone and last time they played together that was a car crash so um, hopefully that's going to be a few more points for us. Yeah, very interesting answer. Oh yeah, I didn't see their game against uh, Villa, but yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, of course, they had a red card. Wow, that is interesting. But uh, you know, their their next games they're playing Southampton in the League Cup, but then Southampton in the league as well next Saturday. <clears throat> then Atalanta away in the Champions League on the sixth of November, and then on the tenth of November. Liverpool at Anfield. I can't help but feel that's that's the key, as you mentioned before, Dave, um, to this uh, to this league campaign. This match is absolute. This is a six pointer. Forget about Man United, Norwich. Um, what's been catching your eye around the league, Dave? Yeah. Um, well, Leicester City, of course, winning nine 0 against Southampton. On Monday, or sorry, Friday night, that was unbelievable. I had Vardy, my fantasy football as captain, so that helped getting a hat trick. I was happy with that. Um, Chelsea have been good as well. Um, Chelsea and Leicester have really caught the eye, has to be said. Chelsea, very good young side there. A lot of great young players. Uh, Abraham's mount looks really good. Lampard's doing a really good job. And as I, as you said earlier, Owen, I had Lampard not to do such a good job, but I think. I think he was on a he was on a free a free one because of the fact that they couldn't sign anybody. He had an embargo on transfers, so everybody would have said, "Well, he couldn't sign anybody, and he only had young lads playing from it." As you know, young lads don't win you anything, as as was said before. So he's doing a really good job there. Um, who finished top four? Well, obviously Liverpool City are a different level. They're fighting it out for the league. Behind them, Arsenal are up and down. You don't know what they're going to do. They did a two-two draw today. Um, I think Chelsea will finish top four, and it's really a throw up between the likes of Leicester, Arsenal, Spurs, and will United come back in? I think they probably will. They won 3 1 away at Norwich today. They missed two penalties, I think, which was really unusual. And um, they'll probably sign one or two players in January, so they won't be out of the mix for top four just yet. But um, Leicester City, really impressed with them. They're gelling well. Rodgers is doing a really, really good job. They play lovely football. You have a good young goalkeeper, Schmeichel in goal. You have a lovely midfielder. Madison is a really top player. I'd love him at Liverpool. You never know when that will be next summer. But he really good. Elements is playing good. Young Belgium. The Tunchoy, I think his name, the Turk centre-half who he signed, replacement for Lego head Maguire. He is really doing a great job. They don't miss Maguire at all. 85 million for Maguire. That was a complete joke. Um, they're doing brilliant. Perez is good as well for them. They are really good. I think they have a really good shout to get top four this season, Leicester City. And to be honest, I'd like them to get top four. They've had a lot of tragedy at the club in recent years. Only a year ago, their owner was killed in that uh, tragic uh, helicopter crash, of course, rest in peace. But um, yeah, Leicester City and Chelsea are two standouts for me, really. Um, but as uh, the lads were saying earlier, I don't really care about anybody else. It's Liverpool for me. It's Liverpool all the way. And the big game, of course, I think the defining game could be at Anfield, 10th of November, Manchester City Visa card boys, the plastic team come to Anfield, and I think I, I think that's the thing. We can beat them at Anfield. We did do it last year. But we can beat them and get three points. It sends the message. It really does. It really puts us in a strong position because I think 
we didn't do it last year and it ultimately cost us. I mean, we only lost the league by a point. You can throw it up any way you want, but I think not beating them, your number one rivals, I think it sends out a message. I think we've got to, got to beat them. But um, I'm happy in the position we're in. We're six points clear. I'm happy. Um, we haven't won the league yet. There's a long, long way to go. But um, we are really in a good place. So. Can I can I just yeah, add to what Dave said? I, exa- I agree with exactly what Dave said. Um, if you want to win the league, and you've got a main rival, you have to beat that rival. How can you how can you expect to win the league and not beat the rival, but hope and pray that the rest of the league does you a favour and beats Manchester City? If you can't do it yourself, then, then perhaps that's not good enough. So I agree with Dave. We need to put a marker on that game against uh, Manchester City and, and show up and sh- tell them and show them who's boss and, and take the game to them. A little bit similar to how they did it to us at, at Etihad Stadium, they were very good that day. Well, so were we, but they, they they were better than I expected that day. So let's show them how how to play when they come to us. So I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, me too. I agree, absolutely. What a crunch match. Before that, Shane, we've got Aston Villa. Um, so just uh, you know, have you seen much of Aston Villa? And uh, if not, I mean, what's been catching your eye around the Premier League? And then I'll just ask everybody their man of the match, and then that'll that'll be it for today. But uh, what do you think, Shane? Aston Villa or the Premier League in general? Uh, yes, I mean, I think uh, everyone else has uh, put it really great, uh, in our have put it uh, expertly in terms of the results this past weekend. I mean, the results have been kind of crazy, especially with Leicester and Southampton. Uh, with Ashton Villa, I um, I need to. I didn't have the stat in front of me, but I believe they've uh, earned a high number of points uh, since the beginning of 2019. I believe Ashton Villa uh, do pose a, a bit of a threat, despite uh, despite one or two of the results against the top six. I mean, and of course, uh, Jack Grealish seems to always make match of the day every weekend. So yeah, I do think uh, Ashton Villa are the definition of a potential banana slip, and uh, in every sense of the word. And then um, I guess briefly touching on Everton. Yeah, I mean, wow, what a situation that is. I mean. Wouldn't it be crazy if they were relegated? I mean, we don't want that at all, but my goodness, it would just be, I, I don't know, it would just be, we, we would be, we would know for sure, it'd be a marker to know that we are in a, a very, very different era as compared to those before. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that Ashton Villa game. I don't want it to be a banana slip leading into that Manchester City match, which I do agree on, and November the 10th, it's going to be, it's going to be pivotal. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Let's talk about our man of the match today. Uh, for me, it was Fabinho, uh, the controller, the general. Um, just thinking about him just makes me smile. Uh, what about you, Robin? I think um, Fabinho had a great game. Um, some of his tackling was so clean and he won the ball back so many times and he that that little chip pass that you mentioned Owen, it was delightful to see that he played it out left and right mostly to Trent but I thought that was brilliant I thought uh, Miner was good on Sky Sports so Miner got the official man of the match on, on the television and I thought he played really well but I thought Trent Alexander-Arnold I thought he was fantastic he was a little bit shaky in the start I think he could have done a little bit better when uh, Harry Kane scored, he should have showed Son his outside and allowed Son to cut back in uh, on the inside and put that ball into, well, hit the bar. A bar. But um, 
as the game got on, he was better and better. Some of his passing and cross-field passing was delightful. He's almost got that cross-field pass from himself to uh, Robbo on the opposite flank, just down to the tee. And when that happens, it shifts play so quickly that the rest of the opposition have to adjust and move straight back out to our left side, which takes him... Um, uh, it shifts them from one side to another and over over a period of time that would tire them out but his passing was amazing and that pass that he played with Mohamed Salah nearly scored it's it's quite a difficult cross upfield ball to get in when you curled it in and Mane headed the ball and just glanced wide that was beautiful I, I really like that um, and some of his work down the right flank was so tenacious when he cut back and his link up play was really good there's one little move where he stopped the ball he's facing um his back was towards the pitch and he flicked it back. He played a nice little link-up play with Henderson and he was off again. Um, I think he's brilliant. I thought he was man of the match. His shot that he hit where he was saved in the first half when the ball just rolled out to him, he hit that so truly and fine. It's just a shame that he didn't get it a bit further in the corner. The, uh, the, their keeper pulled off a fantastic save nonetheless. But to me, Trent, man of the match. Just marginally ahead of Mane and Fabinho. Excellent answer. Yeah, I mean, you you put a compelling case there. Uh, Dave, who was your man of the match? Um, OK, old, I'm going to say the fabulous Brazilian Fabinho. What a player. He adds that silkiness of the chips and the long-range passes and a little, little bit of trickery, the Brazilian trickery. But he also has steel. He reminds me of a um, similar type of player as Patrick Vieira, uh, the ex-Arsenal international. He's got those long legs. He can wrap around players. He would have been a good gymnast, I'd say. Maybe even a, maybe even a ballet. Maybe he would have been good at ballet. Maybe he did it in school. I don't know. But um, he is absolutely brilliant. He has not put a foot wrong since Liverpool signed him last season. He was eased into the team, as we talked about earlier. He was under $40 million at the time from Monaco. Klopp brought him in. He was a surprise signing. Nobody seen it coming. He it was announced the day after I think the day or two days after we lost the Champions League final against Madrid two seasons ago. He is the number one name I would say on Klopp's team sheets at the moment. I'd say he's in there ahead of even Allison and even DVD. He has become a pivotal part of the lubrication of a midfield. He has become an unbelievable player. I love watching him. He's made a few mistakes, of course. He could probably get a goal or two more. He used to score a few goals. A lot of penalties, I think, he got for Monaco when he was playing in France. Well, what a player we have in our hands. Does his job. Doesn't give out. Just, just keeps going. He's got everything. He has got everything. The man of the match for me is the fabulous Brazilian Fabinho. As Trent played brilliantly, Mane was the official man of the match. A lot of players played well today, but Fabinho for me. Great answer. Shane, we got two two votes for Fabinho. We got one for Trent. Where do you stand, Shane? Oh, goodness, yes. This is kind of a hard decision. I mean, there were so many performances today that I was very proud of. I completely agree with the guys before. Fabinho put up, and you as well, Fabinho put up a, a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous performance. Trent Alexander-Arnold put up an amazing performance with all of his crosses and everything else that he was able to contribute to the game. Just his spirit and drive. Sadio Mane, absolutely crucial to winning that penalty. His contribution on the left wing all of his offensive capabilities, just the way that he's able to get the ball and dominate. 
Ah, so it makes this decision so hard. And then also on top of it, Paulo Gazinga. Uh, I know it's not popular to pick a Tottenham player, but I mean, what a performance from a keeper. Uh, I, I think the, the scoreline would have been much different without him. But personally for me, uh, I guess going with more emotion and I guess contextual, my contextual pick for man of the match has to go to Jordan Henderson, our captain, the skipper. I think his goal, without a doubt, I mean, before then, if everyone can harken back and remember to how the game felt, how the moment was going. It felt like we were putting in this performance where we were getting so many attacked, but we could just could not produce anything potent enough to get through, uh, especially their keeper. And just for Jordan Henderson to score that goal, it, it unlocks everything. It releases the pressure that's been held tightly in that balloon. It just gives us a... A, a big, strong collective sigh that we are validated in the way that we're going about this and that everything else and that, yes, we do have the potential to go on. And I think within the context of the game, everything opened up to make that second goal even even more possible for us to even go forward even more and really know that we can break Tottenham down. So, yeah, for within the context of this match and for today, I'd have to say my man of the match has to go to Jordan Henderson. Another excellent answer. You can choose your own at home uh, from, as Shane says, a number of fabulous performances. Uh, Liverpool, uh, top of the league, European champions, nine wins and one draw from 10 matches. Wow, what a time it is to be a Red. And thank you very, very much to Robin for the first time on Cop On Podcast. Thank you to Shane joining us from Los Angeles. And thank you so much to Dave also for the first time um, on Cop On Podcast. And uh, just for the final word, Dave, tell, tell our listeners about Dave's LFC chats. Oh, thanks very much, Owen. I hope to do this again. This was brilliant. And the other guys, what an insight into Liverpool. Yeah, I have a small um, Liverpool YouTube fan channel. Dave's LFC chats. It's just fun. It's watch along. It's goal reactions. It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of energy. A few interviews, Skype calls, whatever you want. It's all there. Dave's LFC chats on YouTube. It's a hobby. And what a time to be a Red. And thank you very much for coming out to Cup On Podcast. This has been a thrill. Well, thank you, Dave. And yes, I am a subscriber on YouTube. Some of your videos are completely wild. Uh, I really like it. Well done. And, uh, that, you know, th thank you very much, gentlemen. That's, that's, a, that's about all we've got time for. So, you know, thanks. Thank you, James. Thank you, guys.